Tanya Taliga is back, and we have been walking through the seven truths of the Anishinaabe through a podcast uh, hosted by Tanya called Seven Truths. You can find that on Audible. Welcome back, Tanya. Sure. Thanks for having me. I have so enjoyed this series. Thank you for just taking time out every week to walk us through these seven grandfather teachings. Uh, For those that are coming in part way, remind us of these seven grandfather teachings and the truths behind them. So the Anishinaabe are guided by seven teachings, seven truths that are passed down to us from our elders and our ancestors. And these teachings are meant to show us how we can move forward and lead a good life. And there's seven teachings, and those teachings are love, bravery, humility, wisdom, honesty, respect, and truth. And today we're going to focus in on respect. Now, today's story is one I have never heard about Tanya. And so I am, I want to learn more. This is about an occupation that took part in uh, 1974 in Anishinaabe Park uh, in Kenora. Tell us about this. This is an incredible story. It's a story of power and it's a story of youth in Kenora, in youth in 1974, who were actually leaving, graduating residential schools, you know, getting out on their own and coming back into the city of Kenora. Uh, just so your your listeners know, and in northern Ontario, um, the bulk of Ontario's residential schools were found. There were about 16 schools uh, throughout northern Ontario. So around the cities of Kenora, Dryden, Sioux Lookout. And the kids were, you know, leaving these horrible places and they were coming back into the city of Kenora. Some of them were coming to stay. Some of them had been, you know, um, lost touch with their families and their language and everything that they knew. And they found themselves in Kenora. And it was tough as a First Nations person to find a job in Kenora, to get medical care in Kenora. Sometimes it was hard to be served in a restaurant in Kenora. Hmm. They had a, um, they used to have a sign in some of the restaurants that just said no jeans. And that was targeted at Indigenous people. So they wouldn't come into the restaurants and be served there. You know, it has been called Canada's Alabama. This is what it was like in the U.S. in the 60s. This is what it's like in parts of the U.S. now. This is what it's like in parts of Canada now for black and indigenous people. But the occupation of Anishinaabe Park was in the summer of 74, man by the name of Louis Cameron decided that enough was enough and they were going to occupy a park, a park that our people had used because in uh, this Kenora area, 
all of the rivers come down into, um, from uh, the northern communities, come down into the Kenora area. And people used to stay where the park was. And they would stay there and they would, you know, pitch their tents. They would live there while they had to go into the city to do grocery shopping, do their banking or do whatever. And Canada sold the town of Kenora on a snobby park for $1. Wow. So the people decided, you know, like under the leadership of Louis Cameron, who was one of these youth who had just, you know, come back into the city that, you know what? We can't take this anymore. We can't take any more police brutality. We can't take any more of the fact that no one will give us a chance at a job or will let us rent an apartment. We want our land back. The youth said enough is enough. And so they occupied the park over the summer of 74. And you spoke with Lynn, who remembers the occupation. Here's a bit of that conversation from Seven Truths, the Audible original podcast series. Lynn remembers three incidents clearly from that time during the occupation. Number one, when there was a guy sitting at the rock with a gun, a white guy. Those were really tense moments. We thought we were all going to get shot. That was one. And then one of the uh, justice of the peace coming with his big uh, Lincoln Continental car and come, coming there and he's intoxicated and he's trying to give us money to all leave the park. And the other one is when uh, they wouldn't let us sleep at night and they go back and forth making noises and then they torched one of the cars that was blocking one of the entranceways at night. So there's a fear, a lot of fear. We'd always have briefings every day, every day, so that that we all stay as one group and not to be pushed out of there. I think everybody was ready to give up their lives, I think, for what they stood for. That was, you know, the right to live, the right to love, also the right to have care and compassion. And I think what came out of there is it gave us a lot of strength and courage. No matter what they did to us after and no matter what they do, in the future here that they can't ever take that away from us who we are it gets emotional for me when i when i when i see that and most of the guys are gone that, that were there at the park but it just i don't know it just li- keeps lighting something in me just to keep going keeping our traditional life mm-hmm. I'm talking to Tanya Talega. She's the host of the Audible Original podcast series, Seven Truths. And that was a clip from uh, the episode on respect, one of the seven uh, grandfather teachings and truths. Tanya, you know, this uh, story of this occupation in 1974 is, you know, one example of this continuous fight uh, that Indigenous people have had on this land uh, to, to, to demand, to ask uh, the right of respect, does it get frustrating? You know, when you hear of a story, and again, I'm so new to hearing this, I wanna now research more about this occupation. Does it get frustrating to hear time and time again of this continued fight to simply be seen 
for who you are as a people, as a group, as, as, you know, the founding people of this land that we stand on? For sure. You know, this is what colonization looks like. This is what genocide looks like. This is what the plan was when Indian residential schools were created, when the Indian Act was created. The plan was to assimilate us, to get rid of us, to get us off the land, put us into communities, into reserve communities where we're boxed in, take away our language, take away our families. You know, when the residential schools closed, the 60s scoop started and our kids were taken and they were raised by non-Indigenous families. You know, the violence of what has happened is genocide. And yeah, it's frustrating, you know? It's frustrating that we just got Pope Francis to say it as he was in a plane going back to Rome after apologizing here in Canada for what the Catholic Church did to our people. But, you know, that admittance of what happened, of the word genocide, that came because a First Nations reporter, Brittany Hobson, asked him in the plane, was it genocide? You know, getting Canada, getting the world to admit what has gone on here has taken a lot. And you're right, it's, it's, it's frustrating. But what's amazing is that we're having these conversations. We're actually talking about it. And five years ago, that didn't happen. Yeah. And I love essentially what Lynn said, that, that it's not going to change who she sees herself as. And self-identity is so important in that. Because respect is not just a word, it's an action. And it's how we treat people. It's how we look at people. It's how we, how we commune and interact with people. And that's where the power comes from. That's, where cha- that's what change looks like. Thank you, Tanya. Miigwech. That was Tanya Talega, host of the Audible original podcast series, Seven Truths, and uh, the brains behind Magua Creative. You can check out the full episode on Audible. Each week, we are walking through one of the seven truths. Next week, we will have Tanya back to talk about the last truth featured on this series through an eye-opening, interesting conversation around truth. You're listening to Toronto This Weekend on 640 Toronto. We'll be right back.